Lord. If you have God's word, I want to invite you to turn to John chapter 15 and looking at, at verse 26 with me this morning. We're going to get to that in just a little bit. Uh, but let's go ahead and put our finger there. And there's another passage uh, we're going to be looking at in John chapter 15. Uh, well, actually, John chapter 14 a little bit later. And so we may jump around just a bit. But for certain, I want to invite you to, to, to turn to uh, John chapter 15. And we're going to be looking... <clears throat> at verse 26. Uh, I, I want to begin by just kind of reminding us of an old hymn that was first published in uh, 1890, believe it or not. And the title of the hymn is The Comforter Has Come by Frank Batum. How many remember that hymn? Uh, the Comforter Has Come, of course, so many of us. And there's probably some that never, maybe they don't remember it. But um, uh, I want to just kind of begin by by looking there at the first verse and then the refrain. So uh, let's just kind of read that together. The comforter has come or I'll, I'll read it for you there looking at the very first verse. And let's go ahead and pull that up on the screen there. If we have the first verse there, uh, we're going to we're going to read that together. Oh, spread the tidings round wherever men is found, wherever human hearts and human woes abound. Let every Christian tongue proclaim the joyful sound the comforter has come. And then, of course, in the refrain there, it repeats that, uh, which is the comforter has come. The comforter has come. And and so when we are reminded of the hymn, you know, for some of us, maybe, you know, that kind of creates some emotion in us. Because remember, maybe you remember some services or some time that you, you used to sing the hymn and, and you're reminded that the comforter comes and, and, and he does. But even as we hear people refer to the Holy Spirit as, as the comforter, and maybe that statement stirs us, stirs our heart, that the Holy Spirit is the comforter. It's really interesting to me because, you know, the person that has made me more uncomfortable than any other person on the planet <laughs> Is the Holy Spirit. I mean it's interesting. It's the Holy Spirit that called me to ministry. And he moved me out of my comfort zone. And he stretched my faith. And he asked me to do things that I couldn't imagine myself doing. I mean that was the Holy Spirit. It was the Holy Spirit that convicted me of sin. It was the Holy Spirit that has always stretched me. In fact, when we think about people, you know, characters in the Bible and Scripture and, and how God, the Holy Spirit, is always stretching and, and challenging people and asking people to risk things they never imagined they'd ever have to risk because of the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And maybe the question I ought to ask this morning as we really begin to get into this is, is how is that, you know, how is that working with you? I mean, when was the last time that the Holy Spirit really, you know, brought conviction into your life? I mean, we say that, you know, the comforter has come and we love thinking about that, that idea. I mean, the concept that the Holy Spirit brings us comfort. But I don't know anyone or any other person that I've ever engaged with that moves me out of my comfort zone like that of the Holy Spirit. Amen. But yet there's some great things to remember. I mean, some pretty awesome things about the Holy Spirit that we need to recognize there in the fourth gospel uh, that we just cannot ignore there in John chapter 15, looking at verse 26. And we're going to pull some of those elements out in regards to understanding the Holy Spirit and who the Holy Spirit is. And I understand we have, you know, some people even in the sanctuary that probably are more expert at the idea of who the Holy Spirit is in theology and understanding than I am. But I, I, I do want to go to John chapter 15, looking at verse 26, and we're going to read this and then kind of unpack it together this morning. So uh, 
go to John chapter 15, looking at verse 26. When the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. So what is this verse saying to us about the Holy Spirit? Well, the first thing that we see here that we recognize is the Holy Spirit is an advocate. The Holy Spirit is an advocate. In fact, he he is our advocate. And the reality is, I mean, every one of us, you know, we want somebody to believe in us, right? I mean, it's very natural. It's part of being a human being is that we want somebody to believe in us. And we recognize that the Holy Spirit, this is what this verse is saying, is that the Holy Spirit is an advocate, but he is our advocate. I, I, I needed somebody to believe. I, I remember, you know, as my father and mother followed us around as we pastored churches. In fact, if you didn't know that, mom and dad, my parents, they moved to wherever we pastored. In fact, this is the first church that we've pastored that my parents are not present because they're now with Jesus. Both of them went to be with Jesus in, in Florida while we were pastoring there. Uh, but we loved having our folks around and... Uh, I'll never forget my dad's behavior because he was such a fan of his son. And uh, dad, uh, of course, mom and dad were workers. They were there. They were present, but they were not in the way. You know, at the end of the service, you know, as I'm greeting, you know, people, my parents weren't like clogging up the door trying to get our attention. But they were very tactful and they kind of kept at a distance. But yet, as my father was slipping out the door behind people or maybe a a different door, if my father thought that I had preached extra good that day or the message was an exceptional message or he is proud of something that I said, you know, my father, as he is slipping out, he would catch my eye and then he'd have his fist like this kind of close to his body and he'd give this little fist pump. He'd look at me, he'd catch my eye and he'd go, you know, as he's walking out and he kind of glances you know, like this. And I tell you, man, that made the sun swell. I mean, I, I felt like here's this man. He's saying, wow, I believe in you. I believe in you. My father was not only an advocate. My father was an audacious advocate. And I am here to say that the Holy Spirit is that kind of advocate for you, believer. The Holy Spirit is that kind of advocate for you. He wants to be a part of your life. He wants to be in your life. He wants to lift your life. In fact, we go to Romans chapter 15. Look at verse 13. Turn there for just a moment. If you have God's word, go to Romans chapter 15. Look at verse 13. We have it there on the screen for you. Listen to these words. May the God of hope fill you with all joy. Listen to that. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So notice the overflowing joy that is springing out of Or the overflowing hope, excuse me, notice the overflowing hope that is springing out of joy and peace. But remember, the hope is by the power of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit brings hope as the audacious advocate. Why? I've already said it this morning. I'm going to say it probably several more times that the Holy Spirit is your advocate. The Holy Spirit is the advocate of your life. He is the advocate of your soul. He is the advocate of your plans. The Holy Spirit is the advocate of your goals. The Holy Spirit represents your best interests. He protects you from pitfalls and harm. The Holy Spirit is there for you. And if you ever doubt it as you come into the sanctuary today, if God is with you, folks, God is with you by and through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit works on your behalf. In theology, we call it prevenient grace. 
And that means that God is working on your behalf before you even respond to him. Because the Holy Spirit is your advocate. In John chapter 14, looking at verse 16, we read there, and he will give you another advocate. A what? Another advocate. He will give you another advocate, that's the Holy Spirit, to help you and be with you forever. How long will the Spirit be with you? That's right, forever. He will be with you forever and he is your advocate. What does the second part of the verse say? It says that the Holy Spirit is not only your advocate, but here it is. The Holy Spirit is from the Father. The Holy Spirit is from the Father. And by the way, the Father is proactive about the relationship. I mean, if you've ever questioned that, I, I, I want to I say to you this morning, I want you to know, and, and before you leave today, that the Holy Spirit, that God is proactive in this relationship. He's proactive in that he pours his love out into us. In Romans chapter 5, 5, we read, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts. Listen to that. His love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has given, who has been given to us. So the Holy Spirit gives us power, right? We already covered that. It gives us power for peace. It gives us power for joy. The Holy Spirit gives us power for living. Also, though, the Holy Spirit gives us power to be witness bearers of the love of God. To be witness bearers of the love of God. So how does God pour his love out in us? He pours his love out into us uh, through the Holy Spirit and and partly not only to live in peace and joy and and all of that, but that we might be witness bearers of, of his love. And so he pours his love into us that we might pour his love out into others. You see, that's part of the mandate. Part of what the calling is that we're to pour our love, the love of God that he's given us out to others. So maybe the question that would make sense this morning is this. How much is God's love? (laughs) How much is God's love? In fact, I I, I'm going to have fun with this for a little bit, but I I have a, a measuring cup here this morning. And, uh, of course, the, the measuring cup really, you know, represents a unit. And it represents the idea that, you know, you can measure something in this unit and we can say, okay, here's how much we have. The question is how much, you know, how much uh, love of God is there? Well, maybe if we could get a big enough unit, if we get a, a big enough container, I mean, that is silly. That is ridiculous because you cannot measure God's love. In Psalms 23, it says that he fills her cup to what? He fills her cup to overflowing. He fills her cup to overflowing that God's love is so great. We cannot measure it by a unit because he fills us to overflowing. And then in another place in the scripture, uh, we talk about the measure of God's love, right? You know, the measure of God's love. In fact, one place it's the height of God's love. And what do we read in scripture about the height of God's love? Well, the fact is it's higher than the heavens. The height of God's love is not measurable. It is higher than the heavens. It's greater than we can ever imagine. And then in my pocket, I brought with me, Paul, my uh, my uh, pocket watch. I have a pocket watch. In fact, it has a, a wolf on the front of it, a nice kind of masculine watch that my mother-in-law gave me. And uh, I wonder how can we measure the love of God by time? What did we just read? We just read that God's love and his advocacy for us is for how long? It is forever. 
how much is God's love? It's more than a unit. It's more than a measure. It's higher than the heavens. It's longer than eternity. God's love is greater than we could ever imagine. So when we say, how much does God love us? He loves us more than we can imagine. And the next question is what? It's how do we... Poor. I mean, if God's love is like this and he gives us the advocate, the audacious advocate, the Holy Spirit, and he pours his love into us so that we might pour that love out into others, then how do we pour God's love into others? I had a ministry team meeting. Pastor Vic and I, we had our ministry team meeting. We're doing it once a quarter. And that means our staff and, and some of our board members and, and some of our lay leaders, they, they gather on a Thursday night and we just kind of equip each other. And I had a, a guy by the name of Carter Moss, who is a pastor from um, Ocean Beach Newbreak Church. And, and he went to a little church that was running about 30 people, 40 people. And now they're busting at 400, 500 people. And I wanted Carter Moss to come and just share with our ministry tra- team what the church was doing, what they were about. And he came and he did not share with us programs. He did not share with us slick ideas. He did not share with us a secret bullet. He shared with us a litany of ways that the church was just being the church and being about the kingdom of God and loving people in the community. He went for about almost an hour to share in a litany of, of how they were helping the police and how they're helping the fire department and how they were engaging and becoming a part of local things that were already happening. Sometimes they'd wear their shirt, you know, the marketing. Sometimes they wouldn't wear their shirt and it was just kind of, a, you know, undercover, so to speak. But they were being Jesus. They were being about the kingdom. And I love the fact that we have the Harvest Festival that's coming up and we want you to be involved and be a part of it. But I'm wondering if next year we not ought to, you know, maybe see what the school is doing or what the city is doing up in the park and become a part of what that school's doing in the city and begin to be, you know, more about the kingdom of God than about us. I mean, if we are filled with the love of God and God pours his love in us so that we might pour it out into others, then it should affect how we live as a church. You see, the concept is is what the church would look like if we were more of a launching pad. You know, for missions than, than, you know, a community. I mean, we are a community. It's both and that we are a community, but also we are the launching pad for the kingdom. And the fact is the Holy Spirit wants to pour God's love out on people that you know, but by the way, also on people that you do not know. And people you're still going to meet. He wants to pour his love out on everyone that, that we could ever, ever meet or ever imagine meeting. I, I, I love the fact that uh, uh, Angela Sirotto, our director of her preschool, uh, she hired a, she hired, I don't know how else to say it, but kind of like a coffee cart lady. And, and what she does is she makes specialty drinks and espressos and lattes. And uh, this lady has a cart and she invited this lady to come. It cost a little bit of money. And she set up in the courtyard over here. It was 7 a.m., 6.30, 7 a.m. in the morning. And the staff, we put on our mission shirt and we showed up in the court 
you know, in the courtyard over here by the preschool. And what we did is we um, began to give coffee away for free, lattes and coffee for free to all the parents of the preschool. And uh, and so what happened is at that time is, uh, you know, of course, they got their latte and their coffee and and uh, the staff we kind of engaged. And and so what we did is we just wanted to be in their lives. We just wanted, you know, wanted to pour the love of God into them. We weren't asking for money. We weren't asking for favors. We didn't want them to do anything in return. We just as the team, as the staff, we wanted to share the love of God with the parents of our preschoolers. Lo and behold, some of those families have started coming on Wednesday night and coming to the mill and, and maybe even on Sunday morning, 11 o'clock. I mean, it's interesting what happens when we become more about the kingdom of God than about us. You see, that's why the Holy Spirit fills us with the love of God that we might share that love with others. I, I was blown away when... Uh, uh, Angie, another Angie, Angie Serrano. I have to look at their names. They're so similar. Angie Serrano uh, sent me an email, and I love this, and I don't know if Angie's in here right now, but she sent me this email, I think it was yesterday or Friday, maybe Friday. And, and she's talking about a message, a series of messages that I preached, and during that series of messages, we had a bulletin insert that, that had a list of 25 ways To love your neighbor. Anybody remember that list? 25 ways to love your neighbor. And here's the email that she sent to me. By the way, I asked for permission. Pastor Tony, I wanted to let you know that because of this bulletin insert and your encouraging message, we are are hosting an ice cream social for our neighborhood this Saturday. We have invited the 40 homes around us and have been praying to forge greater connections in order to share the gospel as doors open up. Just today, I was on the phone with a neighbor that is helping me organize the event. She asked me to pray for a friend of hers. I believe this this was a breakthrough as she hadn't asked me to do this ever before. And... uh, Angie, she's, I'm remembering, she's coming to the 11 o'clock service because I think one of the neighbors are coming with her. Because she's being Jesus. Pouring her life out into those that are around her as we become Jesus and we share the love that God has given us. God begins to bless. We look at this verse and hang in there. We look at this verse and, and then the last thing we see is that the Holy Spirit, and we have to get this, man. If we get anything, we have to get this. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. I, I want to talk about the Holy Spirit technique. I made that up, by the way. The Holy Spirit technique. You know what the Holy Spirit technique is? I, this is how I say it. The Holy Spirit technique is the ability to hear God's voice. The ability to hear God's voice. And here's my premise. is It's that God loves us. And if God loves us and we seek him and we desire to hear from him, I believe because God loves us that God will speak to us and God's voice can be heard as we are searching him out and we are seeking him because God is a loving God and he wants to speak truth to us. Why? Because he loves us. And he wants to do everything for us as we pray according to his will. He wants to do everything for us because God is committed to us. Folks, his hunger for us is greater than our hunger for him. Folks, God's love eclipses life itself. Because it's this big. 
This is, big, this is how big God's love is. And, and in fact, I, I'm not perfect. I know that. I've not figured it out. I said that to somebody. I, man, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have all the answers. And I fall short. And there's guilt and there's sin. And there's so many ways that I just don't have it figured out. But one thing I believe what the word is teaching us today is that God loves us. And his spirit pours himself out in us to show the love of God that we might show that love with others. And that if we listen, remember, this is the Holy Spirit technique. If we are listening, God will speak and he will show and he will open doors and there will be ways that God will use you. He will work through you as you listen to the Holy Spirit in that technique of hearing God's voice because he is a truth revealer. You see, that's that's the point. That the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. He is the spirit of truth. I, I was thinking about the David, David Crowder song. I don't know if you're familiar with the David Crowder song. I know the worship team is. But it is a song a titled, Oh How He Loves Us. Oh How He Loves Us. Oh How He Loves Us. Oh, how he loves us. The spirit of truth will speak. Oh, how he loves us. He will show us how to love. He will show us how to love our neighbors. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. I was moved. I was moved this week when I watched and listened to that brother who, whose brother was shot by a female police officer by accident. She went into the wrong apartment and mistaken that for her apartment. And this man was there and she shot him. And now she went to court and she got 10 years in prison. But the brother, he testified, the brother of the brother that was shot. And he said, I want to say to you right now that I forgive you. I forgive you is a moving moment. And then he looked at the judge. Can I give her a hug? Here is the brother who lost his brother saying, I want to go hug the police officer that shot my brother accidentally. And so he came out and he went and he hugged her. And then the love of God was manifest. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. I wish I had the lyrics to that song. Oh, how he loves us. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. In us, in our church, he wants to pour his love out upon us that we might love others and pour God's love out upon others. He can do that through you. You say, well, how can we do that? I mean, maybe we've never thought this way before. Maybe we've never functioned this way before. How do we make this paradigm shift, church, to this idea that the church is to be mobilized more as this launching pad rather than this all of this? Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. That we might show the love of God. Be looking forward. That's what we need to do. Let's stand and we're going to pray. Let's stand together. Precious Father in heaven, I thank you for answered prayer. I thank you, Father, for loving us, for first loving us. Pouring that love out upon us. Thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit that comes and fills us. The Holy Spirit that is the audacious advocate for every one of us in the sanctuary. And Lord, it's possible that somebody came in here today and they were not feeling very good, maybe even discouraged. And I pray that, that Lord, that this, this verse, this scripture 
would remind that person that they are loved. That this scripture would remind that that young man or that young woman or that senior adult that, that there is an advocate for them, the Holy Spirit. There is an advocate for them that will be with them and that will not walk away from them. Yes, I understand the world lets us down. I know that people, they let us down, Lord. We know that. But I know that, God, that you do not let us down. That you are the wonderful advocate that you are. And I pray, Lord, that your spirit would come in and that you would just be that buttress and that strength under the wings of that one right now whose wings have been parched and dried up. And, Lord, there's people here, maybe possibly, they really have not, you know, been at their best spiritually lately. And they're just saying, Lord, I need your presence in my life. Lord, may they know that you are their advocate. Our heads are bowed and our eyes closed and nobody looking around. This is serious business. It's between you and Jesus, not you and the pastor, not you and your neighbor. It is you and Jesus. And you're saying, Jesus, I need your help. Jesus, I need you to lift me. Jesus, I I accept you. I need you as my advocate right now. Pray that way. Whisper that prayer in your heart. Whisper that in your mind right now. God, I know you're my advocate. I receive that. I receive that right now, Jesus. I receive you, Father, as my advocate. And now may the Holy Spirit come in as your advocate. And may he fill you. And may he anoint you. And may he bless you as you respond to him this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for hearing our prayer. Thank you, Jesus, for being all that you've promised to be. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being our advocate. We pray all these things. In Christ Jesus' name.